0: Welcome to Transformed, the podcast where we explore how God is continuing to transform us each and every day. We believe transformation to be a dynamic and ever-present work that is offered to all of us. In his letter to the Roman Church, Paul tells them, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So would we today open our minds to the possibilities that God envisions for us our communities, and our world. Welcome to Transform. I am sitting here with a good friend of mine, Stu, uh, in the nursery right now, and this is our Skyview recording studio, so I hope we've impressed you with our setup, Stu, a little bit. (laughs) Know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's,
1: it's amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we do what we can here, uh, but we're excited to be with you, those of you listening, um, hopefully many of you from our church community. We just wanted to be with you for the next seven weeks as we approach the season of Lent and enter into it together, that we thought we'd try something new um, over these next few weeks. As we reflect on the Sunday text, that the text we'll be preaching on um, each Sunday of Lent, we thought, take an opportunity to have some midweek reflections, so we'll read the text together, kind of point out the things that strike us, but also talk generally about, um, you know, Stu and I, how how we're approaching this season, maybe personally, and how we're growing and learning in this time. So excited to be here with you.
1: Well, thank you. Looking forward to the conversation. And I hope our folks uh, will tune in and uh, kind of join us as a kind of a neat way of participating as a community in yeah. this journey of Lent. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, why don't we start off by just reading the text? I, I think... Um, something that's, you know, we talk about a lot that, uh, we're super grateful for is it, for those of you that don't know, every Tuesday we meet as a staff and we read the text together and we reflect around the table. And one of my favorite parts about that is just that there's this time built into my week where I get to read scripture with other people, mm-hmm. particularly with people that don't think like me, mm-hmm. um, that have mm-hmm. different life experience. And we've always talked about like, what a great thing that is. And I just wish other people could be a part. Like, logistically, there's no way for us to all
1: be in the room together. But thinking, that's just such a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I always learn something that I wouldn't have seen on my own when I read Scripture with others. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the gift of Christian community, right? Like, it's the ability yeah. to not only read Scripture uh, on my own which we encourage as a as a faithful practice but what does it mean to sit with others in the earring of God's word and i think that's that's kind of a neat way yeah. to uh to think about the season as well
0: yeah well, Stu, why don't you read, um, this will be the text that um, I think you're, you're up, you're on deck this Sunday. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you'll be preaching this Sunday <laughs> for us. So I'll let you read a uh, text from Genesis.
1: Yeah, us. so this coming Sunday, we're looking at Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and then chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. So I'll just read that, that text for us. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?
0: as we just read this text, I, I know one thing that we pointed out in staffing a lot is, and you said this on Sunday, I appreciated that um, there's this temptation maybe for like the average churchgoer when they feel like they're invited to reflect on the text, there's this intimidation, mm-hmm. you know, I, I read it, but you pastors, you went to school for this, you get right. paid for this, you're the professional, just tell me what to think on that. And I think one of the, one of the things I appreciated that you said on Sunday was just the affirmation that we're all doing theology, um, even in our 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 reading of the text, we're making assumptions about who God is, about who we are, and mm-hmm. how we are mm-hmm. related to one another. And I think one of the things I would hope out of this is that we would we would foster a boldness mm-hmm. um, to approach Scripture. That mm-hmm. I think there's there's that fear probably embedded in most when they hear words like this that. Well, I just, I don't know enough. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this this ancient practice that we talk about a lot, the practice of Midrash, Mm -hmm. um, this old Hebraic practice was kind of the way one approached Scripture was to play with it, you know, to kind of ask questions, sometimes things that aren't maybe written in there, but asking questions around the text Mm -hmm. to help embody the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just ask you, just just from your own
1: um, kind of initial approach to this text, what strikes you about it? Yeah, there's a lot, right? Yeah. there's a lot uh, that comes out of the text. But um, our esteemed intern Caleb <laughs> had a comment at staff meeting that kind of, uh, you know, just stayed with me when he talked about, uh, you know, the idea that work was actually a part of creation mm-hmm. prior to the fall of man. Yeah, and uh, you know, I thought, I thought, and we talked about this a little bit that sometimes we've thought about. Work as punishment for sin. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> work is work is the uh, is the punishment because man, you know, kind of sinned, and so therefore we view work in this very very uh, poor way. Mm. But what does it mean to even just reflect on the fact that prior to any fall of man, the disobedience of Adam and Eve, God kind of invited us to be co-creators, mm. co-participants in caring for His creation. And so that kind of strikes me as interesting, especially because a lot of people in the church don't see their work as like necessarily directly related to honoring God's will for their lives. Right. And they struggle with a theology of work. But we are called to do good work. And I think, you know, when you read the creation account, it's not just about. The work we are called to do and working well is a part of who we are made to be, but also recognizing we are not just made to work. Mm. So understanding that when we read the creation accounts, there's also a day of rest, and so work well, but learn to rest well. And so that kind of just jumps at it, at, at me. And thanks to Caleb again; I'll yeah. give him another nod. You know, is <laughs> is uh, he, he made me attentive to that today? Yeah. So that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes me think all sorts of things about of uh, how I am giving then the work that I do. How do I give it to the Lord? Right. Um, that, you know, there's, I think there's also this assumption probably embedded within the church that there's the church work and then there's every, whatever word we want to use. There's the secular or non-church right. work. Right. And so we kind of sanctify the things that happen in the building or in the community but then for other people, you know, if you work in the marketplace, as we mm-hmm. might call it, you're a lawyer, doctor, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe that's kind of less godly work. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, just the comments you're saying invites me to think about, even for myself, the things that I do, you know, I'm not 24-7 at the church, mm-hmm. and it may surprise some people that I don't, <laughs> I don't actually live here, but I have life outside of this place. Um, and there's a tendency even for me to think about, well, you know, the time that I'm... At church, that's God's time. But then I don't really need to think about how I'm giving the other time to God. But right. in my other work, I do in in my hobbies and um, other jobs. You know that Mikhail and I might might do in our free time. Um, that yeah. that that work
1: is the Lord's as well. Right, right. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think that it's really important to. And and maybe this is a this is a future sermon series. I don't yeah. know, but you know, <laughs> uh, I, I think that we we don't realize the opportunity we have to live into the will of God in the very ordinary things of our lives and mm-hmm. and we often exclude some of these various relationships and responsibilities and other areas of influence that we have as being uh, a part of what it means to be Christian quite mm. frankly right yeah so what does it mean to be a good steward of what God has given us right like what does it mean because that's at the heart of, of the creation narrative, God entrusts to us the care yeah. of his creation. And so how do we live faithfully in the respective roles we have? I mean, as an engineer or mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, a truck driver or yeah. an architect or, you know, uh, an accountant, I want to throw that yeah. in there as well. Uh, <laughs> we need our accountants. Uh, yeah. that, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But how do we kind of think about honoring God as 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 servants of God in all aspects of our life, but also seeing that our work can become an expression of of, of doing so, yeah. and, I, and I think that's really important. I, I, I'll just add one more thought. I think that, you know, having a, a good theology of work is also important to understanding that there are poor expressions and understanding of work. You know, some people are enslaved, some people are paid poorly, yeah. and so part of good stewardship is addressing where where there are structures that actually keep people from the reward of work, yeah, yeah. right? And being treated fairly. So issues of justice and equity, yeah. you know, has to be thought of when we think about work yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the other negative aspects of work, as you were talking, I was thinking, is this kind of myth of self-reliance. Right. If we work hard enough, we can provide all that we need. Right. As, especially dominant in, like, our modern Western world. Right. That and, and I'm even left to feel less than if mm-hmm. I haven't been able to work. When Michael and I sit down and look at the budget at the week and the numbers just don't add up, I can end up feeling like a failure. Right. I just haven't worked hard enough and right. done those things. And so I wonder, even as we approach this season of Lent, we'll talk about this in, in a minute, but the practice of fasting has something to say to us about not just the, the importance of work, but that the things that we put our energy towards, um, how are they shaping us? Mm-hmm. So work is really important. It matters in our lives. But I can put my energy towards something um, where it can end up taking priority. Absolutely. It's less about the work that I'm doing and more about I've prioritized
1: this kind of idea that I need more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a, it's such a, that, that's such a good question a thought or comment because... I think work in and of itself can be good, redemptive, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, creates a sense of purpose and meaning in our lives, but it can also become an idol.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. It also can become sin to us in a way that we fall into the false perspective that, you know, it's by our hand, our ability, our intellect that we are the ultimate providers. Yeah. right? Yeah. And so there's, there's a part of looking at... Um, Uh, this season through this lens of what does it mean to confront the self-reliance and dependency Mm. in our lives so that we can actually be free to participate in all aspects of our life as God has intended us. So even in our work, there's the opportunity to see it as redemptive and co-creative and good but there's also the potential that lies right there for it to become manipulated towards what it's not supposed to be.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, yeah. does that make sense? Oh,
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think people people in general need to do two things, at least as I think of, and this uh, this may not even be what I preach on, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you're I think, saying there's multiple ways to look at text. <laughs> th- there he is, yeah. and that's the riches of the text, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so on. But I, I think that people need to do two things when they think about the season one. On, they need to think about what is it that actually is behind what they do. What is the motivation? What is the intention? What is the underlying principle or belief when it comes to how and why, why they do what they do in all yeah. aspects of life? Particularly with work, a lot of us kind of go, we have to. We've got yeah. bills to pay and, you know, got kids to raise for some of us and that kind of thing. But if we want to ask a bigger question of how does the purpose of what we do in our work serve the purpose that God has made us for, yeah. I think that's a question we all should wrestle with. And I think a second thing we should ask ourselves is how do we engage in life in which we are not defined by what we do? Yeah. And how does, how does the creation narrative invite us not to sin by making work more important than it needs to be, but also recognizing... Yeah the importance of Sabbath and rest as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so
0: as we approach this season, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're recording this today before, but this is, um, when you're listening to this, it'll be Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten yeah. season, yeah. a time where, you know, historically Christians all around the world have um, entered this this practice of fasting. Um, fasting, you know, for for many, can take different forms. You know, maybe fasting from, I know some fast from meals, um, while others fast from practices, habits, things like social media. Um, I know I, I I can't remember. It was a friend of mine one year. They they fasted from sarcasm. They said <laughs> that this was this was uh, causing a real damage. Uh, yeah. It was damaging their relationships. And I thought, right. what a unique approach to the season. You know, right. fasting is more than just food, um, right. but can take a number of different forms. But I would wonder you know, as we think about this text, but also kind of more broadly this season, um, how does fasting teach us that we, how does it push us, you know, away from this myth of
1: self-reliance? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. I think for me, the practice of fasting is, um, so this year, for example, um, I fast on Mondays. You know, I always feel bad talking about the fact that I fast, because I think, you know, it, it's counterintuitive to the very posture <laughs> of fasting, yeah, which yeah. is don't look like you're fasting and yeah. make other people aware. But we, we are trying to help our people kind of think through healthy ways of thinking about fasting. For me, it's a choice of abstaining from food. And I know, and we've talked about this, it's not the only way to fast. Mm-hmm. And it's perhaps important for us to say that because there are some people with medical or yeah, other yeah. concerns when it comes to abstaining from food that might feel like less than they yeah. can't do it the right way. But I think for me, it's, it's, it's first and foremost about fasting teaches me where my dependencies are. It teaches me where I tr- I tend to trust in things, yeah. where I put more of my hope and confidence as opposed to God. And so the physical act for me when I have that hunger pangs, right? Like midday and I'm like, yeah, I want to go to the snack cupboard or I want to get something yeah. to eat, is kind of a reminder to to recognize that I am human, that I have needs. Mm. Right? That there's that, that and that's what Ash Wednesday does. It just kind of, you know, allows God's finger to rest on our forehead and say, Hey, remember. You are creation, not creator. Remember that you are in need of things, but ultimately also what you need most is me. And so there's many ways in which abstaining from things very much simply can point us to our hunger Mm -hmm. and redirect that hunger to God. And uh, we try to satisfy this hunger in very different ways, but it's kind of one of the things I think about in response to your question.
0: Yeah. So I think those of you listening, if you're you know, new to fasting or, or perhaps it's something, you know, that's maybe just more felt like kind of ritual or even stale tradition I've heard at times. Yeah. A a fresh way to approach this could be thinking about what are the things that fill your day? Right. Um, The things that often fill like your calendar without you knowing it. I remember I was a youth pastor uh, in Austin before here. I was talking to our students about fasting and we began to list off those things. And led to the question then what would it look like to live without this for a while and the inevitable response is oh i could never yeah and i and i i pushed back and said i think that's the point right like that we would look at something that that even as simple as our phones and so i could never live without that oh yeah and in that moment it reveals to me Right. How dependent I actually am on it. Right. And so for me, fasting, you know, I, there's different things that I've done throughout the years, but um, usually there's an element in this year as well of technology, kind mm-hmm. of takes a dominant place in my own fast that. In many of our lives, yeah. right? And so I fast yeah. from, you know, a number of things, social media or, um, different, different things on my phone that have been more distracting. Right. My phone embedded in the settings, it's really, it's really convicting and now tells you how much time you're spending on each app. <laughs> yeah, and so I could actually you haven't turned that off. No, 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 <laughs> I can't. My phone pings me every day and tells me how much time I've spent. Yeah. And, and so when I look at that, you know, there's, you feel kind of a hunger pain maybe when you're not, eating a physical meal in the same way. Like I feel I'll feel this kind of hunger pain where I sit down on the couch after I get home from work and I'm just prone to pull my phone out and look, watch some video on like usually related to star Wars or something like that. And and so I sit down and I pull my phone out and I'm always reminded, Oh, I'm not doing that. And there's this recognition that moment, like, Oh, I've been satisfying myself Mm. with this. Mm. And in that moment, it's not that, you know, all of a sudden my heart is totally returned back mm-hmm. to God, but I'm invited to make a decision now to say, how can I, in this moment, not just fast from something, but actually enter into a new practice? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, as I think about Lent, I'm thinking about my fast, but I'm also, one of my goals this year is that prayer would be a more dominant part of yeah. my day. Yeah. And so in those moments where I feel that kind of... Um, uh, you know, muscle memory to go to my pocket and pull my phone out and look and just aimlessly scroll. My my prayer this year is that I would, in those moments, say, you know, God, I know that you're here and I want to learn to hear you better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and mm-hmm. so, I think for anybody listening at home, as you're thinking about fasting, maybe just start with that question: like, what fills your day?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, there's there's the non-negotiables. You know, I thing. think like I've had teens say, like, I'm fasting from school this year. Like, well, <laughs> you can't maybe do that. <laughs> But yeah. the things that we deem important, you know, yeah. family, friends, um, even our work, that there's often things that get in the way of us becoming the kind of person that we feel like God wants us to be, Yeah. Um, the the negotiables, you know, in our lives.
1: Yeah, su- such a great, such, a, such an important thought. I, I think about how that Jesus, when he entered in Matthew 4, kind of the, the, the wilderness, you know, and... And how that the temptation there, we often, we often don't want to make Jesus too much like us, right? Like So yeah. we always think, well, He's the Son of God, so it's kind of like hidden, but He's <laughs> there. He's, he's really divine, and this wasn't a real temptation. But I mean, Jesus identifies so fully with our humanity that He's tempted, like we are tempted, right? Yeah. And there's this part to, to learning how to fast, which is to actually recognize that Christ shows us that when we are in places of temptation... To give into the things that oftentimes are the easy or the cheap way to satisfy that which ultimately doesn't satisfy. Yeah. That the word of God, and this is another thing, and it's going to sound like you know I'm harp- I'm playing the same drum over and over, but you know we do learn to 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 have an appetite for God's word. Yeah. When we actually start to not eat on the cheap things, hmm. you know the the ways in which we try to kind of fill what only God can fill. And so the place of prayer and Scripture in this season, yeah. as much as fasting is an essential part, prayer and meditation on God's Word yeah. equally important. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us um, for these midweek reflections. You know, one of the things we're doing as a community, if you're listening on Wednesday, I invite you to join us for our Ash Wednesday service. That's 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, but also throughout the season of Lent, we'll be We'll be uh, meeting um, every Wednesday. We'll offer these reflecting on the Sunday text. Um, Just thanks for being with us, and um, we are excited for next week. So thanks, Stu, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, God bless you.